Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Here's the thing. I'm Caitlin Cut. No way. Yeah, that's the thing. That's Just like it. last that's week? Exactly like last week. I keep drawing the long straw. I know. You're so good at this. I'm so lucky. You are very lucky. This is my job. I get to watch terrible documentaries and then talk about them. God, I miss your eye patch. Oh, I miss being able to wear contacts in my eyes for more than an hour at a time. After this, I have to take these back out and put on. If you have any questions about the future, let me know because I can see it when I put these glasses on (laughs) that I have to wear. I am more blind than people expect. The edge of my glasses is about half an inch thick. It is like Zach Baggins. Worse. I wish I had the array of eyeglass frames available to me that Zach Baggins must with a prescription so light. We could do a pretty scary about my eyesight. Sure. I've been wearing glasses since second grade. Since second grade? I tell people this and they think I'm joking. My vision is worse than a newborn baby. Like literally a doctor told me that. Like 2020 is normal and mine is like 700 over 20 or whatever proportion means you're blind as shit i don't even know what to say to you it's i'm sorry i didn't know that it's very bad but hey whatever that's not what we're here to talk about we're not we're here we can it does sound scary my eyes are very scary but not nearly as scary as clowns am i right caitlin clowns are so scary oh my god i've been scared of clowns been scared of clowns my entire life but no you haven't no one no one is as scared of clowns as the world wants to make it out to be i get it it's a real disorder there's 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 all sorts of disorders so we're on the same page here we're not because i the whole first part of the notes was tell me your thoughts on clowns and my thoughts on clowns are i find clowns sad more than anything. Yeah, they're depressing. Yeah. They're, I don't understand. Have I ever told my clown story on this podcast when I got tricked into dress dressing as a clown? I don't think so. Do you know this story about me? I kind of do, but tell the people anyway. Okay, I feel self-conscious, not because of the story, but because I just feel like I've told this story before. But yeah. to our new listeners, here's... So I was at a youth group summit in New York City the summer after 9-11. And the plan was to spread the word to inner city neighborhoods. So I was Muslim terrorists. No, low income, high crime neighborhoods. The plan was for as best I can tell as a 35 year old woman looking back in time to send thousands and thousands of evangelical children into high crime neighborhoods to hold local carnivals that were going to share the gospel slash give people (laughs) access to bounce houses. Like if that's not a harbinger (laughs) for gentrification, I don't know what is, but yeah, that really happened to me. Sounds imposing. Did it work? So the first day we have like this big rally sermon meeting thing at like eight in the morning in New York. And I'm a teenager from California. So this is definitely like 5am our time. 
And they're like, after this service, you're going to go, there's a bunch of tables where you can sign up for the different kinds of like work that you want to do at these carnivals. I signed up for balloon animal making. Okay. Uh, that was the class I was going to take. I was going to learn how to make oh, balloon okay. animals to hand them out to kids. Cause I thought it was a class. I thought you were just being cocky and disrespectful to the balloon animal industry. Like, Oh, I can, fi- I'll pick that up on the fly. No, I was going to go take a class to learn how to make balloon animals for these carnivals. And I thought that would be fun. So I sign up. I, I remember the sign up sheet balloon animal making cool. So we go into this like conference room and there's this long table. And at the end of the table, there's this huge trunk and it's like three feet high, five feet long, just massive, massive trunk. And we're all sitting in this room for a few minutes. I'm like, Oh, the class is taking a while to get started. And then we hear something inside the trunk, (laughs) the trunk opens and a clown comes out. Nope. Hard pass. And he's like stumbling out because he's like older and he's like, hey, kids, like kind of falling all over himself. Basically, he starts to talk about his career as a clown. And I was like, "Okay, so we're going to learn how to make balloon animals from a clown. That tracks. That makes a lot of sense. Guess what? What? It was a clown class. I don't like that. That's a big discrepancy. I, I was peer pressured into putting on full clown regalia. Okay. Full makeup. I have my full face done. And after I have this clown makeup on, the clown says, our clown teacher, the clown professor says, by the way, this makeup is really, really hard to get off your face. Do you use a Sharpie? I don't know. Have you ever worn clown makeup? Because he wasn't kidding. It's incredibly (laughs) difficult to get off your face. And the way he described it is, well, you know, you're a clown. So anything could happen. Someone could push you into a pool and you don't want your makeup to come off if you fall into a pool, do you? And I'm like, we're in New York City. Who has a pool? Are we going to the Hamptons? Like, what are you talking about? Like, so anyway, I have pictures of this I could share. I don't know why I would do that to myself, but I might. So we all find ourselves forced into wearing clown clothes, clown shoes, Mm -hmm. clown noses, clown makeup, as I said, clown wigs. We had wigs. And then we got to practice sharing the word of God dressed as clowns out on the streets. Now for everybody listening at home, you may have noticed that nobody has taught me how to make a balloon animal yet. (laughs) You got to just figure that out. So luckily we're in New York where like you could walk around naked and people would just like completely tune you out. Mm -hmm. But I spent a good hour handing out religious literature on the streets of New York city dressed as a clown. We come back and I'm like, glad that's over. We're getting into our quote unquote street clothes. And the clown teacher reveals to us that he doesn't have the right face wash. So we're all just going to have to go home in clown makeup, but regular clothes. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you that that is what makes people in New York look at you weird. That'll get you some looks right there. Because if you could be in a full clown outfit, you're good. But if you're in, I think mine was a Huntington Surf and Sport t-shirt and jeans and a full clown face. That's different. Also, I had cut my own bangs right before the trip, which was also really bad. I mean, I really I mean, that does that does sound like what a clown would do. So let me tell you the most embarrassing part of this story, because this isn't the most embarrassing part of the story. Okay. I don't know about you, Adam, but when I travel, I have a hard time pooping. Do you are you like this takes a couple days for your poop or are you good with your poop? Uh, No, 
No, traveling makes me want to poop, mostly because I eat a lot of Arby's when I travel, but got it. Yeah. Maybe there are other listeners out there that can sympathize with me. It, if I get on an airplane and fly somewhere, it's going to take me 48 hours for a good poop. I mean, okay. I'm not pooping on that plane. I'll take that fucking well, exactly. plane down before I shit on it. No, nobody should poop in an airplane. Fly that into that should, a mountain before I everybody shit. Everybody should make meaningful eye contact as you board the airplane and silently agree that no one will poop on the plane. That's how it works on a tour bus. You don't shit on a tour bus. No, nobody pooping in the tour. Anyway, so I was on day two and I finally got to go poopy. So I pooped so much that I clogged the toilet (laughs) and I couldn't get the clown makeup off. I got it like take one of them them clown car shits that just never stop coming. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) So I had to call maintenance in this hotel (laughs) and have this guy show up. While I still had clown makeup on, I'm the only one in the room. This poor man shows up and finds this girl in regular clothes, half washed. I looked like a horror. I looked like, honestly, a lot like Heath Ledger in Dark Knight. It was like that kind of. I mean, that stands to reason. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if if I answered the door and I was like, (laughs) why so serious? (laughs) You should have. It didn't exist at that point. That's a fun story. This is how anti-clown I've always been. There's a very uh, famous family photo of mine. Famous in my Mm. family, not famous out in the world. We can make it famous. Very celebrated family photo of me and my sister. We visited Niagara Falls when I was a child. Sure, like families do. Going over Niagara Falls in a barrel is a thing people talk about all the time from history. So when you're at Niagara Falls, there's all these places where you can take pictures that look like you're going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. And there's one of me and my sister at Niagara Falls doing the the barrel picture. And I would have been like four, which meant she would have been like eight. And she's in full fucking clown makeup and not for me. Like even then at that point as a child, I was like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. Wait, I feel like I'm, there's some connective tissue. That- there had to be like a get your face painted like a clown stand somewhere around there. And my sister obviously went for it like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> and I even she at went that, hard. even at that age, I was like, no, I'm trying to go over these falls in a barrel. I don't want my makeup running. You crazy? Anyway, we should you talk know, about this fucking documentary. Do we have to? <laughs> I guess. For people who don't know, I mean, the title of the podcast should have given it away, but we're, we're talking about a documentary called Wrinkles the Clown, and we're taking the long way around to get there because fuck this documentary. It's not even a documentary. It's not. It feels like, like a documentary about a thing that was created in order to make a documentary. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great way of explaining it. It's like... I don't even know what to, I've never seen, it's so in and of itself, because I agree with, you know, at the top of this, we were talking about how the fear of clowns itself feels manufactured. So it all kind of, everything about this feels fake. Everything feels fake. I mean, the kids don't because they're kids and they're, they've got kid brains, which are stupid brains and they don't know. So that's fine. The kids are fine, but the kids are depressing on their own. We'll get to that too. Boy, are they. It's just like. I don't know what this was supposed to do. I don't understand. It's postured as like, I guess, supposed to be kind of creepy, but it's just obnoxious. Yeah. And 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 a bummer, like a weird bummer for whatever reason. Yeah. I can't- it, it tries to end on an upbeat note. And by the time it does, I'm like, fuck all of you. You all suck. 
Is it up? I mean, like, well, because there's still the in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that, but that's dark. I mean, Florida. I'll tell you what. Like, I think everyone knows by now that there's a reason Florida seems so crazy, and it's because they have really lax laws when it comes yeah. to what information you can release when a person's arrested. So sure. we get more crime stories out of Florida. I'll tell you the craziest state in the nation because okay. as a person who reads hundreds of headlines a week, I have right. a collection of local news sources that yeah. I, I check every week. Craziest state in the nation, Pennsylvania. That place oh, is yes. fucking nuts. Oh, it is I, bonkers. I know. As a person who works in the true crime space also, I can tell you, hands down, no contest, PA is Pennsylvania is crazy. And, and the reason why people don't know is because their rules about talking to the press are strict as all get howdy. Like, it is almost impossible to talk to a police officer connected to a case in that state for, I, as a media. I effort. would be, too, if my state was that crazy. I wouldn't talk to anyone about it. Oh, it's... I was researching a case a long time ago about a woman who convinced her boyfriend to go blow up her sister's trailer. Sure. But first he stabbed everybody to death and then he was going to blow it up. But then he like the bomb didn't go off, but then the police showed up. So there was a pursuit and then he got the bomb to go off and he killed himself. That sounds like he probably shouldn't have done that. He wily coyote himself. Yeah. It sounds like it. But yeah, you're not wrong. Pennsylvania. No, thanks. Yeah, I think Pennsylvania is also where the Ellen Greenberg case, yeah, that happened in Philadelphia. Have you ever looked into that? No, what's that? She allegedly stabbed herself to death. Cool. We did, me and Carrie did an episode about it. Google it. It's nuts. It's I'm, a crazy fucking story. Her, how do you even... Because I look at all these fucking headlines. No, no, not you. <laughs> the royal you. Like, how do you stab... You know what? That's a different it's episode. A, it's okay. a weird It's a weird one. Anyway, okay. Wrinkles the Back. fucking clown. Naples, Florida. We're doing everything we can to not talk about this. this is, it takes place in Florida. And here's the thing. They say it's a famous internet video from 2014. And it was. But also a lot of the videos they show in this have like 1,800 views. So I'm like, mm, how famous was it? How viral did it really I Go. I was even confused by what they were trying to get across. Like there was a phenomenon of clowns across the country. I do remember that, it, that. See, that's when I first watched the documentary. I thought it was going to be about those clowns that were just showing up in places and waving at people. See, but now, it's not about that. Yeah. Now I wonder if any of that was real or if that was all just this. Like, it's obviously real. Like, there were clowns fucking walking around. No, but I know what you mean. It's like, but, was all of this done to create a documentary? That's what this feels like. I, I'm with you. Yeah, to, to create a barely watched documentary on Hulu. What the fuck? The basic premise here is that Wrinkles, there's this 2014 video that shows this creepy clown pushing himself out from the drawer underneath this little girl's bed. Uh, yeah, like a day bed. Yeah. And then he he gets out and he stands over her for a second and he he puts like a stuffed animal next to her. And then he like fucking walks up to the camera. Like the the classic horror movie ending. He walks up to the camera yeah. and then it's it's over. It's definitely staged like paranormal activity. Right. It's like almost the same DNA right there, except it's a clown. And we'll talk about the video more. But if you've sure. if you've never seen it, I guess we'll link to it. You've probably seen it, though. Yeah. 
And they very briefly talk about that video. And then what we find out is that, and this is the story that was going around when this video surfaced, is that Wrinkles is a clown that parents pay money to scare their children when the kids act up. And they have these interviews. There's this one guy who sees Wrinkles walking by and he starts cheering and he talks about how how he loves what Wrinkles is doing. It brings a spark to the neighborhood. And what he's talking about is a grown man going out and scaring children for money. At least that's what he thinks is happening. I don't understand wanting to scare your child like this also. The interview with the one parent, and I think he's a prime example of the misguided reasoning people have behind this, which is, well, I'm not hitting the kid, so it's not abuse. And it's like, you don't must be better off spanking the kid. I can't think of a scarier thing for a child to experience than having a person invade their home. Like, I don't get it. I don't, I really like, I don't get it. And what made me immediately hate this was (laughs) there's this guy cheering for all this. Then they play this audio montage of parents calling this wrinkles phone number and basically telling their kids that they're going to have this scary clown come kill them because they're being bad. And just kids screaming in the background terrified like why and why wouldn't you that is your parent i know i don't sorry i it grossed me out beyond what i could really articulate i don't know this is fucked up yeah there's actually one parent who is a bad enough parent that he thinks what he's doing is cool so he was willing to appear in this documentary and there's all these clips of him calling wrinkles while his goddamn adorable daughter just screams for her life in the background and at one point in one of the calls he goes okay wrinkles i want you to come eat her and it's like imagine hearing your parents say that i don't understand it i don't know what to say like i and he's the guy who's like if you hit him that leaves a lasting mark but this is just words and it's like that's what leaves the lasting mark sir that's what bothers me you know i'm a I've talked about it briefly on the show, but I'm a verbal abuse survivor. Verbal abuse is gnarly. Like, I don't. I know. I don't think people give it enough airtime, but I'm not saying I'm not a fan of competitive victimization. This is the kind of thing that gets under my skin in general, but I do think it's a good time to take in light of the topic of this documentary, like what you say to children, they're going to hear it in their head forever, you know, and she's never going to trust her dad on a certain level because of this. And that's just the truth. You know, when your dad threatens you in that way, you don't forget it. No kids have crazy memories. Like three weeks ago, I was like, Oh, we're going to get you hot chocolate. And I forgot. And then the other day, my son was like, so when are you getting me hot chocolate? And I was like, dang, like I forgot. And you are still hanging on to this. (laughs) And I felt bad. I was like, Ooh, I got to be careful with not following through with this person, you know, or he's going to think this about me, you know? And here's the thing about, like, I, I know, People have, for good reason, turned against the idea of spanking and things of the like. But I do think we've kind of lost that nuance where spanking and beating aren't exactly the same thing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like one I mean, of, I'm, I'm not going to spank my kids, but I don't judge people that being a parent's really hard. You're going to fuck up somehow. Yeah. But beating the shit out of your kids is not the same thing as, you know, smacking like, them on the butt, I guess. One of my most vivid memories as a child, I was probably five or six, and my mom told me to go clean my room. And because I'm kind of a badass, I said no. And she, the look on her face immediately was like, what the fuck? 
You just said no yeah. to me. And she didn't beat me. She just like slapped me on the butt to let me know she'd very sure. much disapproved of that. And sure. like the look on her face when that happened right. just burned into my head. And from then on, I was like, all right, well, she's your mom. You probably shouldn't tell her no. I remember just something I was outside and my mom was wearing sunglasses and I did something that upset her. And I'll never forget the way her eyebrows disappeared from her son, you know, from behind her sunglasses because of the look that she was giving me, you know, she likes, and I I still remember that look. My mom was the queen of, I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed, which was like, oh my God, just please. I'd rather you hit me or something like that's enough for me to, you know, I mean, I think what we're talking about at the end of the day is like, if you don't establish some level of integrity with your kids, they're still going to walk all over you. If you continuously fail your child by overstepping your bounds because you're a bigger human being or you're careless with your words, they're just not going to respect you. That's just the way it goes because that's how humans work. But I can't imagine having my dad call, I mean, even in like the darkest weirdness of my, to be on the phone so I could hear it and be okay, he's going to come, come eat my daughter. Like, I don't know. That's this guy who they interview this, this parent is like, well, I don't see how just saying words is child abuse. And my immediate thought was, well, that's because you're too stupid to have kids. Like you shouldn't have a child. Like you should just not be in charge of raising a child's life. If you think that fucking cavalier about calling a killer clown to come eat your child. And keep in mind, we're like four minutes into this documentary. Yeah. But I mean, like this is kind of the only thing. (laughs) Like this video and this whole phenomenon were happening at a time where it was almost like popular to dominate your kids on social media. There was this woman who, like, her son got in a fight at school, so she shaved his head and made him wear a tutu and walk around Walmart. And, like, there were all these videos of, like, dads shaving their daughter's hair and, like, all of this shit. There was one family. Remember, there was a family not too long ago. The mom and dad, I believe, were convicted of child abuse because of what they were doing to their kids as like YouTube pranks and they were just fucking terrorizing their kids. And there were a couple of years there were, it was like, Oh, look at this wacky thing. This parent did. That'll show well, that it's, kid. It's the same team that roots when you own the libs. It's the same fucking people. It's the same weird childish eighth grade trauma, beginning trauma, hurt people, hurt people thing. I mean, I always come back to it, but it's like these boomers, man, they were raised by people who had untreated PTSD and it shows. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Some of the parents in here, the parent of the kid that looked like Gary Busey, he was my least (laughs) favorite parent. Yeah. Because you could tell he thought his son was going to become some kind of internet sensation just because he's obsessed with this clown and has the ability to film a video. And it's like, why do you want your son to be obsessed with this thing that is these kids all talk about it like it's the embodiment of evil. And these parents are like, oh, they called that number. 
because it could make the money. I mean, I, I want to do a whole episode on YouTube families because it I've gone down that rabbit hole recently because my son is like a kid and he watches these like, you know, unboxing. They all start as like unboxing shows and then they become the whole family gets involved. And some of them are sweet, but a lot of them are like weird dynamics. This and, week you know, we're unboxing the book of revelations. Kind Oh, they all end with a Bible verse. <laughs> of they course. all all end with like John 316. Like it's very, very weird. I don't, I do get it for them. It's, I mean, I know how much money can be made when these things take off. I understand that, but it's not like the kids are getting the money. At this point in the documentary, I thought it was going to take an interesting turn because they start talking about how kids are keeping folklore and things like that going by way of the internet and YouTube. And I didn't even know that, but I'm glad kids are still fucking with Bloody Mary and Me too. things of the like. That was fun. Like Me it, too. It, it instills a healthy fear of ghosts in you, if nothing else. If you don't it do that to- as a kid, you grow up to be Zach Bagans and you just walk in rooms screaming at kids ghosts. And then also, now a fucking bull demon blinds you. Kids need magic. Yeah. They deserve it. And yeah, you're right. We don't want them to get demon blinded. Preferably no. Right. Should we call wrinkles? Do you think the number still works? We could try. I don't know if I'm... Can we send him to Chet's house? Oh, that would be funny. You know what? Instead of like trying to do it on Skype, I'm just going to do it with my phone and hold it up to the microphone. Okay. All right. I'm going to call Wrinkles and ask him to come eat my neighbor's children. (laughs) Just joking. I don't know my neighbors, so I have no idea if they have children. If anyone wants to do this at home, the phone number, they show you in the documentary, so I'm not being an asshole here. 407-734-0254. What's going to happen? It says Wrinkles the Clown. It says Wrinkles the Clown? Wow. That's very weird. Huh. No, you've reached Wrinkles the Clown. I'm not going to take your call. Leave me a message. I'll call you back. (laughs) Hey, Wrinkles. We're doing a podcast about how much we hate your documentary. All right. Bye. That was Wrinkles the Clown, everybody. And yeah, it says Wrinkles. wrinkles When you dial that number, it says Wrinkles the Clown on your screen. Well, I feel like that only lends to your theory. Which theory was it? This fucking documentary. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll share that right fucking now. I have a theory about who who did all this. Can I say something before you do this? Because I was watching it and I'm going to set you up and then I'll let you take it. Of all the social media platforms that you would think of to cite that somebody is making some headway in the world of social media. Instagram would be a good watermark for a number. Twitter, Facebook. Those are the big ones. Those are the big three. But this documentary has a news clip that's utilized, some archive. And the the metric that they use to cite how big this Wrinkles the Clown phenomenon has become is Wrinkles Google Plus page. Right. There's all these news reports and they say there's even a Google Plus page dedicated to it. And that's when I was like, Google did this. This is Google. Like why on God's green earth? Why would anyone set up a Google Plus page first? And why would the media even mention it? This was 2015. Google Plus launched in 2011. We knew it was worthless by 2015. This was Google, I think, trying to get really fucking creative in marketing their bullshit social media platform. Honestly, it's the only explanation for citing Google Plus. I agree. I found it jarring watching the documentary that it got brought up. 
because I haven't thought about Google Plus in the other in ten years. In the I other, forgot it existed. The other thing that leads me to believe that's what is going on here is what happened with this Wrinkles the Clown video reminds me of this thing, Jimmy Kimmel, who is, in my opinion, the worst late night television show host possibly ever. He used Jimmy to, Kimmel or the other one? Who's the other one that I can't stand? Jimmy Kimmel. Well, I hate them all. And they, yeah, a couple of them like come up in this. But Jimmy Kimmel would do this thing around this same time where there would be this video that was viral. And the way it would go viral is it would be on all these ABC morning talk shows and things. And they're like, oh, you're not going to believe this video. And then a couple days later, Jimmy Kimmel would be like, oh, I fooled you. That video went viral and it was fake. And it's like you didn't fool anyone. You used the collective marketing power of the ABC morning news shows to make that video go viral. And this video, this fucking wrinkles video, as soon as it comes out, there's a clip of James Corden going, oh my God, he came out from under the girl's bed. James Corden is the name I was trying to remember. That's the one that, that drives me crazy. He is. I can't. Top level obnoxious. And anyone who watched this video would know it was fucking fake. Or it was staged in some way. If nothing else, where are the corresponding news stories about it? Right. If this happens in a way that makes it national news, it's going to be local news first. And you should be able to just Google and be like, holy shit. Yeah, the local Naples, Florida news was sure on this early. Must be a real story. There was none of that. And yet all of these fucking late night hosts are acting all flabbergasted by this clearly fake video. I think there was some fucking promotional push behind it. I think they were supposed to talk about this video. And I think Google probably fucking paid them to talk about it. It's the only explanation. (sighs) it's the only explanation for the google plus reference that's what i'll say i was immediately suspicious in like getting back to where we're at in the documentary after they interview the bad dad and whatnot they start well there is a great scene where they play these audio clips for a therapist and he looks truly horrified i was horrified by whoever was filming him because they do not understand perspective they let him slouch so his hands and legs look massive, and then he had a tiny shrunken Beetlejuice head. And that's Everything not about. Uh, yeah, it's not his fault. I'm I don't sure think his that's, head is yeah. normal shaped, but but he was horrified. Yeah. Yep. And they show the bad dad, and then they show wrinkles. But he's like, "You're not gonna get to see my face. You, you want to talk to wrinkles? You're getting wrinkles." And immediately, I'm like, "This internet sensation lives in a van in the woods with no internet. Really? That's that's what you're telling me." I got a question for you. Go for it. Do you think that's his voice? It's not. He says early in the documentary that he's putting on Wrinkle's voice. That's not his real voice. I know. But do you even think the sound quality, it sounds like somebody dubbed over the voice entirely. Oh, yeah. Because you not only don't see the guy's face, you never see his mouth move. That's, and yeah, it's, there's, it doesn't. And it you're right. There's really no like weird. ambient noise or anything None. for being in of literally a in a van, van in the woods. A van by the river. (laughs) How can he get back on track, Caitlin? Uh, So, yeah, there's a montage of kids calling the number. We already did that. There's a quote from the Gary Busey looking kid where he says, I like YouTube because you can do whatever you want and no one can tell you what to do. To which I say, wait until you become a white nationalist kid. Then see if you get to do whatever you want on YouTube. It's a different world. You might be now. 
Yeah, the kids they interview, they're all adorable. Even the kid that looks like Gary Busey. There's one kid who, he's a chubby little guy, and I just can't gauge what their interest is in this. And I don't feel like it's a healthy thing to let kids be this obsessed. No. Especially when the heavier kid, when he talks about it, he's clearly very scared. And he also clearly has, his family has a loose understanding of what a box spring is. Because he keeps saying he took his box spring out so the clown couldn't get under dude, his bed. And I'm like, no, that's the frame. That's the frame, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the decor of that house because I'm going <laughs> to come off sounding like a real asshole. Okay, let's just move on. It's, it's rough. It's. Did you feel bad for the, the real clown that they interviewed? I kind of did. Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel bad for all real clowns. Okay. When I see a clown, I don't see a person who's made it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they were bamboozled like I was. I don't know. Maybe this is part of a youth group trick like my clown experience was. No, I mean, it's like, to me, this comes back to like strippers and porn actresses. It's like, you can't tell me that at a young age, like a little boomer kid was running (laughs) around the neighborhood saying, one day I'm going to be a clown. Like one day I'm going to be a porn actress. One day if everything lines up right, don't ask me how, but I'll be able to be a stripper. And it's no slight against these people. I Look, I get it. But like, this is not a happy ending. Like, No, I feel bad for him in the same way I feel bad for people who are really good at rollerblading. Because he, <laughs> he talks about how for the longest time clowns were fine. And then like the internet. And movies start this clowns are scary thing. And he's like, fuck, clowns aren't scary. That's just what these companies are telling you so they can sell stuff. Fascinating story. Good friend of the show. I want to have him on to do an episode about this sometime. Comedian Ron Swallow, expert rollerblader. Like fucking video, internet, YouTube video quality (laughs) rollerblader. Your dog knows. Yeah, yeah, Ripley knows. And he, and I looked this up, he is correct. That thing where we associate rollerblading with being gay. Like, remember there was that famous joke. Yes. What's the hardest thing about rollerblading? Telling your parents you're gay. That was all started by the BMX (laughs) and skateboarding industries because rollerblading was happening and they were like, well, this is a threat and we're going to have to stamp this out because you can't actually do way cooler shit on rollerblades than you can do on a fucking skateboard. Yeah, because you have both of your legs free. Yeah. And so they started that rollerblading is gay stuff and it fucking stuck. And now... Everyone who rollerblades is gay. I don't know how it worked, but it's the secret. I just, like, I get, you tell me you're afraid of spiders. Yeah, of course. Like, I get it. You tell me you're afraid of dogs. Yeah, they're wolves, basically. Like, I get it. You tell me you're afraid of the dark. Totally get that. I understand that. You're afraid of a person wearing makeup who doesn't have a 401k? I don't get that. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Like, I get that children might be afraid of clowns. Like, little kids, because... You know, my son visited Santa Claus and it was terrifying. That's basically a clown. Like, that's not the same conversation as a grown ass person being like, oh, no, 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 no. I just like, I can't handle clowns. Like, I just, I can't do it. Like, yeah, you can. You're fine. Yeah. And you also don't love bacon as much as you pretend to. Don't get me started on the bacon hype. We did this on our BoneCon episode. I could talk about this for an hour. One thing I thought was interesting is they did point out that there have been clown panics in the past. And I think people 
expect because the internet didn't exist that fake news was harder to spread back then. And it's the exact opposite. It's the total opposite. Because back then there was no one to correct you. Like now, if you're spreading fake news, lots of people are going to pop up. For one thing, you're probably spreading it on the internet, which means you're going to get a whole wave of people who are going to come back and be like, that's not real. But back when it was just like local newspapers and shit operating all willy nilly, the Paul is dead conspiracy from the Beatles (laughs) started with a satire article in a Des Moines college newspaper and people just picked it up as real. And now a graphic novel about it was released in 2019. Like it's that enduring. Like it was easier to spread fake news back then. Of course it was. They burned people at the stakes for being witches, for God's sakes. Like what pre-internet anyway, I'm not going to get excited about this. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down now. Let's talk about the girl who's obsessed with wrinkles. She is just the definition of adorable. She leaves all these voicemails. One of them they play and she goes, I have a mama and she's crippled, but I can still fight back. I have a dog named Halo. Where's she at? And then her mom calls her to come in for dinner. The call ends. Lovely. And Halo is a good puppy. And Halo's a very good puppy. There's a lot of pets in this household that have just figured shit out. The cat is just perched on the counter. Like they put the cat's food on the counter and it's just got a towel where it sits up there and chills. Good place to be a pet. Yeah, it's a good pet. I don't know about cats on counters, though. And we hit the point in the documentary right here where I was like, there's lots of interviews with kids who've left voice messages for wrinkles. There's lots of interviews or at least one interview with a parent who has called wrinkles. Where are the interviews with people who gave this guy money? That was what I wanted to know is when are we going to hear from those parents? And it's right about then that they break the news. Yeah. None of that ever happened. Nope. And that's the other thing I find so suspicious about this. Yep. Is if you go and look at any news source at the time, I think the Washington Post is the best example. The Washington Post, which is a news outlet that prides itself on being one of the most reliable, like Washington Post, the New York Times, the Washington Post interviewed wrinkles Yep. as if every fucking thing he says is true, as if all of this happened and not once did they question any of it. And since when does shit like that get through at the Washington Post? Since when would they interview someone with this wild story about parents basically paying him to abuse their kids? And they're like, yeah, that's probably all true. We don't need to look into this anymore and find out if he's being honest. What? How does that happen? Because no one's going to sue them. That's a really low lawsuit. Well, I don't care about them being sued. I just... I know you don't. I want to know what was it about this story that you drop all that journalistic integrity? Oh, yeah. Oh, because Google was... Probably because Google. I don't know. This whole thing is... There's something relevant about covering this right now in general because it does feel like there is something about human nature when it comes to media cycles and the desire to create conflict or create anxiety, create something to focus negative thoughts, feelings, assumptions on. And this seems like what that is. It's like a weird honeypot for conversations about parenting and for people to decide that they're afraid of clowns. And it's so synthetic though. It's so icky. It's like everything about it feels 
I can't recommend to parents or just people in general, if this happens in your neighborhood, if someone starts putting up a weird phone number, another good example, have you heard of the Happy Valley Dream Survey? Oh, yeah. Like stuff like that. Don't call those numbers. No. You don't know who's behind this. And I know it's like a kooky conspiracy theory to say, but our government has a long, 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 long history of conducting very weird experiments on the population. That's why black people don't want to get the COVID vaccine, because we have a long history of testing very shady shit on black people without them knowing. So do marketing companies in general. Yeah. Like they, they can fund a think tank, quote unquote, to do these kinds of you know market experiments. It's not like that hard to get going. And like, I, I do feel like Google had to have at least some part in this, but also the part where you're setting up a phone number and basically encouraging parents to abuse their kids. There's got to be some data you can get out of, okay, well, who's going to do that? Like what kind of parent? I don't know. Well, you know, what's interesting is I'm, I'm listening to this podcast right now called The Apology Line. Have you heard about it? No. It's really cool. It's about this guy in the late 70s that set up a phone number for people to call and apologize for all sorts of stuff. And sure enough, it gets weird. But it's also about how the whole project gets away from him and it takes over his life because he took it seriously and wanted to make this thing real. And there you go. Yeah, there's very interesting. There's a quote from who we're, I guess, supposed to believe is behind this wrinkles thing in this documentary where he talks about not wanting to show his face because he gets like a bunch of death threats and things as wrinkles. And he says, that's fine for wrinkles in the project, but I don't want it in my daily life. And man, do I think the project is an interesting word to use to describe this. That stuck out to me as well. But as many questions as that opened up for me, I also, by this point, didn't really give a shit. I don't care. This is not, whatever this is, it doesn't matter. And then the the rest of the documentary (laughs) is just them gloating about fooling the internet and like lecturing parents for calling wrinkles to scare their kids. It reminds me of the ending of don't fuck with cats where oh God, I hate the woman that documentary. I hate the documentary. And I oh. hate that that woman at the end. So annoying goes, were we a part of what he did because we were talking about it on the internet. And then she looks at the camera and goes, or are you for watching a documentary about it? And uh, no, I'm not. Like, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with that. If you don't want me to watch a documentary about you, don't make one. No, I don't have anything I, to do with that, you asshole. I have a deep disdain for that documentary for multiple Same. reasons. I can't argue that there hasn't been a line blurred between fetishization of violent criminal acts and journalism, but journalism still real. So yeah, that's just not what they're getting at. That woman is garbage. <laughs> That's all I want to say. She really is. She has no life. What did she think was going to happen if she started talking about a serial killer that was on the loose for her to be like, oh, weird that I'm a target. It's like, yeah, welcome to journalism. That's what journalists put their lives on the line for all the time. They do it all the time. It's a dangerous job. And also to answer her question, yes, she was a part of it. Like I do think, I do think that group went a long way toward riling that guy up and kind of pushing him to do probably more than he would have. Yeah. Either when you way, give a narcissist a cookie, they kill another person. You know that book. Yeah. Don't <laughs> fucking lecture me at the end of your documentaries. And I felt I got the same feeling here. It's like, you're the one who put a phone number up in these neighborhoods 
and encouraged parents to call. And now you want to lecture parents for calling. It's like, what's creepier that parents called or that you set up the fucking phone number? Like they try and play this off like, oh, this was just a hoax. We're just funning. I think it's way creepier that this wasn't just an actual clown. Like, I think it's way more suspicious. And the fact that the guy doesn't want to take any credit for it, like, that's not how it works. Like, this documentary isn't going to be nailed up on telephone poles in low-income neighborhoods where you will then be walking through so people can identify you. That's not what's going to happen. Like, we could see you in this documentary, and people would still believe this wrinkle shit. So I don't get why they hide their identity in this. I don't buy that it's because I don't even think the guy that they profiled in that van. I don't think the van's real. I don't think that guy is the guy. Well, we know that any, they actually show that the guy, the guy in the van is an actor named DB Lambert. They eventually show him. I just don't like any of it. Yeah. Like I don't understand. I sorry. I misspoke. I should have said, I don't like that. It's the, it's not a documentary. Again, it feels like a, how do you, that was perpetrated yeah. specifically to make this documentary happen. How do you pitch a documentary when you don't have any story, real story? How could this get made? How do, it's got to be there. You're right. There's some other weird. I don't understand how this thing even exists <laughs> is what I'm It's such a nothing thing. Everything. It's a nothing built on nothing. It's a Russian hatching doll of nothingness that I don't know why it's there. Yeah. They heavy.com looked into this documentary and this story after it came out. And they seem to be the only ones who actually looked into this at all. Yeah, I'm sure. And what they found is that there was a filmmaker in Florida named Carrie Longchamps, which great fucking name. Wow. And he had a Kickstarter to fund a Wrinkles the Clown documentary before this Wrinkles video ever even surfaced. Yeah. Which I don't know if that Kickstarter was really meant to fund a documentary or if the Kickstarter was just to get the name wrinkles out there. So people would be like, oh, what's what's wrinkles? And then here comes this fucking Internet video of him coming out under the bed. And now all of us are using Google Plus. (laughs) That was the long game. Now, had this been tied to Google Wave? I fucked with Google Wave. I like that a lot. I wish they would have kept that going. Especially yeah, the part where you could see what people were typing as they typed it. So if they oh, were like, that's my nightmare. Hey, fuck you, asshole. No, I can't say that. It's like, nah, you already said it. I saw you call yeah. me an asshole and you're right. You got me. Yeah. I, I wonder if it was also just an effort to try to get people to start posting viral videos on Google plus, because I feel yeah. like that's ultimately the difference between Facebook and Google plus the success of, of that is that people just didn't share pertinent information, timely information, sensationalized information on Google plus. They were already doing that on Facebook. And why would you do that in two places with this? Ostensibly it would be, I would assume the same group of people. Like what's the point? Yeah. And if this was truly a viral thing, it would have been on Facebook first. There's no way if you're the person who's going to make this a thing that spreads throughout the internet. There is absolutely no way you base those efforts on Google plus first. Not possible. No way. I think that's at least partially what this is like, but also just don't do stuff like this. People, someone's doing something with that information, 
with you calling this number and leaving a message basically threatening to murder your kids, that's going somewhere. Like, why are people using TikTok? Like, TikTok and Clubhouse are the final frontiers in the deep fake hellscape that we're going to live in in the future, where you never know if any video is real. TikTok, now people are uploading themselves moving so we can get an accurate feel for how everyone moves. And now Clubhouse is an audio-only social media thing, and people are fucking flocking to that. So now you're uploading all these samples of your voice to God knows where. Just cool it. You're not going to get famous on the internet unless you do podcasts and you're really good at them. I mean, my voice is out there. There's nothing I can do. (laughs) If they want me, I'm done for. That's what I would say. So still not a reason to join Clubhouse. I have a Clubhouse account. I haven't done anything with it. I don't understand it. I've never felt more overwhelmed by a social media platform in my life than I have with Clubhouse. I don't I don't understand. My brain can't process it. I don't understand TikTok. Like I get how it works, but there's something shady to me about how Twitter and Facebook and only Twitter and Facebook get a lot of hate for allowing negative messages and conspiracy theory stuff and hate stuff to spread. TikTok has all sorts of weird anti-vax, like TikTok is is exactly the same thing. Yeah, I don't get it. But people still vouch for it because it's new and fun. My question is when white nationalists are getting on TikTok and spreading these messages or when anti-vaxxers are getting on TikTok and spreading these messages, what kind of dances are they doing? Exactly. I don't know what these things are. I don't know what's going on. I would join TikTok and put together a dance to tell people Bush did 9-11. Like these kids need to know. is Is there a white nationalist hustle? Like I don't understand. There must be. There's got to be. They got to have I, steps. If they're if they're I, thriving on TikTok, white nationalists are dancing these days. Well, at least they're square dancing. I'm assuming they got to be. Like, wouldn't it be great if they, if it's actually more of like a river dance situation? Yeah, where it's all like hips below and they don't move their arms, or like someone else's legs superimposed to the bottom of their body while they just stand well, and Nazi salute and talk. Racism does have like a pretty strong goose step root situation so maybe there's like a marching component on tiktok for white nationalists there could be yeah maybe just like a hopscotch thing they don't seem like an artsy crowd so i can't really see a lot of rhythm coming out of that that team they're good at social media though god damn it Uh, yeah they are all right so this fucking documentary watch it i guess i don't know i i'd like to hear what other people think about it Especially if you liked it, because I want to understand why you liked it, if you liked it. I don't hold it against anyone for liking this. Let me be really clear. When when Adam and I come on these shows, if you like something that we don't like, that's fine with us. Like, we don't uh, care. Speak for yourself, but go I on. I don't care. I would like to hear if you liked it, why you liked it. But I would also love to hear why you hated it if you watched it. Because if, if you like this, you're a bad parent. That's what I'll say. I'll take the opposite approach of Caitlin and say, if you like this, it's an indictment of you. your character? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Just bringing it way back to early social media vibes. Yeah. Yeah. It says bad things about you and we're going to be in a, we're going to be in a flame war soon. Remember when we called it that? How did that phrase fall out of favor? Flame war was great. I forgot about flame war. I really liked that term because it reminded me of that movie with Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale about the dragons. They, they were fighting dragons, something of fire. Do you remember that movie? I do not, but it sounds great. 
It is really, really good. It's like the apocalypse have ha- has happened. It's all dragons' fault, and Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey have to fight dragons. I don't like the dragon blaming. I think they've been portrayed too negatively through history. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm burying the lead here, and I'm just trying to leave some surprises for you in that experience. Dragons do come up in this documentary, people. We haven't <laughs> mentioned that yet, but there are more than a, a few. There are some. Yeah. So. All righty. <laughs> I guess that's our episode. Yeah, I feel like I got a little fooled by this documentary, but only yeah. because of the description on Hulu. Even the description makes this documentary out to be something it's really not. Like, it is about a thing that happened, but there needs to be a follow-up documentary about this. Like, or a documentary actually about this and not a bunch of fake stuff cobbled together. Yeah. Like, oh, and then this guy's a bad dad. Like <laughs> they felt like a weird combo. They wanted me to come away from this thinking this was just like a fun experiment or whatever. And like, I want to file a Freedom of Information Act request over this and see if there's <laughs> anything kicking around the FBI or CIA files about Wrinkles the Clown. Yeah. Hey, you got anything on Wrinkles of the last since 2018 since Obama was elected? We're getting a little off track, but not really. There's a documentary I will recommend to people. We covered it on Conspiracy the Show. It's called The Feeling of Being Watched. And Mm. that is a documentary about this neighborhood outside Chicago that was predominantly Muslim that the FBI just monitored for decades. And they spied on. And this woman who made the documentary, at one point, she's filing all these Freedom of Information Act requests. And this is always my fear about the Freedom of Information Act request. Sure, you're requesting information, but you're also telling the agency in question, I'm on to you. I think you're up to something. Send me proof. And they're like, all right, give us your address. We'll send you proof. And what happens to this woman at one point after she files all of these requests, she gets a Google alert that says, we believe Government actors are trying to hack your Gmail account. Like, imagine getting that fucking alert on your computer one day. Scary stuff. Now, that's a good documentary. Go watch that. I'm going to just, I'm going to stick to researching Mothman or something. You know, they don't really care about that one. Oh, the Mothman. What an unremarkable head. We should get out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here now. We're done now. just get out of here. Do do we have anything? (laughs) Fucking Adam Todd Brown on Twitter and Instagram. That's Todd with one D. Pretty scary boo on Twitter. Yeah. Bossy Matilda on Twitter. Yeah. You know, we're all there. Tell me your feelings. I'm here. Uh, I do respond. Patreon.com slash unpops. If you want bonus episodes that are mostly me and Caitlin yucking it up about ghost adventures episodes. It's worth it. I would say it's, I feel real good at those are fun episodes. Those are a know? podcast unto themselves. Why didn't we just make that the podcast? There's so many seasons. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the research is so easy. We fucked and up. Also, we blew uh, it. <laughs> we really <laughs> blew it when we launched this podcast. I, yeah. We screwed the pooch the other day. I was thinking like, should we cover a different show? But I was like, why? Like, what show is this fun? There's nothing this fun. Although actually I would like to cover for bone con skinwalker ranch oh yeah because it's bafflingly bad didn't we talk about like i, I think we did an episode on skinwalker ranch no we? there's a documentary called skinwalker ranch but now there's a history channel television oh yeah show. yeah i've seen it i fucking hate and it it's so bad and 
I want to talk about it. It's like, the, it's like the curse of Oak Island. It's like, you're not going to find anything. How has this been a show for 20 years? I have so much to say about it. It's wild. There's so much money in it for some reason. Also, it's really weird. Do you have Discovery Plus? No, not yet. I do. And they have these weird documentaries. I can't remember mm. the name, but they're like fake. There's actors acting as the talking heads in them. They're very strange. I watched one and got halfway through I, I it think, and was like, this is I made up, to, right? I think I have to check this out. Yeah. Is it like that movie that we watched about the president, the alternate history documentary? Kinda. But not that well done? Yeah, I'll send you a link okay. and we'll get mad about those on a bonus episode at some uh, point. Awesome. Anyway, let's get out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We hate Wrinkles the Clown, but we love you. Oh, my God.